This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. My talkers, it is five o'clock on a Wednesday, and it is as dark as dark can be out there. We're getting used to it, but you know what? It's a good hour ahead here. We've got Julia and special guest host Patrick Richardson, the laundry evangelist. We love when he's here with us. It's always a fun mix of things we talk oh, about, we right? We've got it all over the board. Okay. I love it. So we have to follow up, though, on one question because earlier in the show, and if people are just joining us, we had a Q&A session Ask us the doctor, but it's mm. ask the laundry expert um, for at like today, um, 340 to 412. If people want to listen to that on the replay, if you want to catch it, because really a lot of good information. But Thanks. what is the difference between laundry soap and laundry detergent? They're actually manufactured differently. It's two different. It's they're two completely different processes. Detergent is much more common. Soap is much less common. The advantage to soap is it rinses so much cleaner, so much easier. And okay. this question I know goes back to down. We were talking about washing a down coat. Right. And down is kind of hard to rinse. That's the reason, like, if you go to, like, outdoor stores, they sell down wash. Down wash is just liquid soap. So that's the reason I said soap, because you want something. You don't want to just use your regular detergent on down because it won't be as warm. Okay. It's hard to rinse out. It's hard to rinse out. All right. That's that makes that makes sense. Okay. So when someone says to you, to be totally honest, does that line bug you? It, it bugs me and I say it all the time. So it, both things are true. You do. I I'm do. just thinking of that. And yeah. To be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Truthfully speaking. Right. And I say to be totally honest before I say something that's not that I think is not going to be popular. I say it in the laundry realm because people will say, well, I left pods. And I'm like, well, to be totally honest, you know, like laundry pods. Yeah. They're, so I think they would be horrible for the environment. Well, they use way too much detergent. Right. But I do say it. And yet it bugs me. That's so funny. It's something I've been trying to kind of let go of. They, okay. And I'm not. And no. that's because that's the name of this segment that Laverne Cox sat down and she was on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen and he would ask her her opinion on pop culture and people. So it's to be totally, um, if I'm being honest, was the name of the segment. Here we go. I am so excited about your new show. Thank if you. we're being honest. You know, she's taking real talk off the red carpet, but since we're all sipping on truth serum, I want her to spill the tea over all over my clubhouse rug. Not literally, though. That's very expensive. Okay, let's play If I'm Being Honest. Laverne, I'm going to present you with some items that we in the clubhouse consider to be newsworthy. Say if you care about each one, starting with the phrase, if I'm being honest. Okay. Here we go. Elon Musk uh, potentially bringing Vine back. If I'm being honest... I don't care. Uh, Nick Cannon expecting his 11th child. If I'm being honest, 
I want to sit down and have an interview with him and talk about all the reasons he's having all those children. Yes. Uh, what about Cher being spotted uh, holding hands with Amber Rose's ex, Alexander Edwards? She's come out and said, this is my man. If I'm being honest, Cher can do no wrong. Get it all, Cher, do yeah. you. Get that young stuff. Feel your fantasy. I believe, honey, we're turn back time. Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. One of my favorites. Yes, Cher. Uh, what about the news that Miss Argentina 2020 and Miss Puerto Rico 2020 secretly got married? If I'm being honest, that's hot. Yes. Uh, what about getting to the definitive truth behind what happened with Kathy Hilton and Lisa Rinna in Aspen? If I'm being honest, I refer to Kathy Hilton's appearance here when she confused Lizzo with somebody else. Yes. Okay. What, what about Avatar 2? I will explain. Okay. If I'm being honest, I haven't seen Avatar 1. Okay. <laughs> How about King Charles's upcoming coronation? <laughs> if I'm being honest, hi, Megan. Um, <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Mm hmm. If I'm being honest, white right, people have strong feelings. Okay, so here's one of the things that they touch on the Avatar. Now, did you watch the first Avatar movie? I did finally, not in the hype. It was like, later. either did I watched it like a couple years ago. Yeah. I watched it back in the hype, and that was the first and only time I ever watched it. Okay, so he is spending gazillion, James Cameron is spending gazillions of dollars making Avatar 2, which is going to be coming out on December 16th. It's going to be three and a half hours long. Gross. He wants us to train our bladders or get some Depends. Um, we're all in bladder training to and, go to this to hold your water. And you know? I love how recently, too, he's been bashing Marvel movies and all these superhero movies. Now, I know that Avatar has a deeper meaning, blah, 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 blah. But this is the same thing as any popcorn superhero movie that you're going to go see with all the CGI. So, James... You know, take a little of your own medicine and realize you're making the same thing that these MCU movies are making. Well, I thought this was interesting what he said. He said he may stop at Avatar 3 if no one cares about Avatar 2. <laughs> now, for being totally honest, do you think Avatar 2 is even going to be a hit? Who I cares? Like, don't you feel like it's been a long time? Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, who cares? I mean, just who cares? Right. But he's already working on the third installment. Right. I mean, where it, that's so much. Yeah. It just seems like I an ego movie. I love that you just said, who cares? I I'm feel with the, you. It, I feel the same way. It's just, it's such an ego movie. It's like, it I'm is. James Cameron. He I can has make, an ego. Thank well, you. I mean, I can make a movie that's, you know, a hundred billion trillion dollars. And then, you know, maybe, maybe he'll spend 46 billion dollars and buy Twitter away. I mean, who cares? It's just, come on, let it go. It, because he's, he's sensitive. And remember when he, um, Catherine Bigelow was his partner when he mm -hmm. did Titanic. Right. And then ditched her for someone younger. Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then she did The Hurt Locker. Right. And she ends up winning the Academy Award for Best Director for The Hurt Locker. I feel like he has, and that he goes down on the Marvel movies. I mean, like he really, he's got a chip on his shoulder for being how successful he is. Well, I just think he can't mimic that success. You know, I mean, he's probably got that chip because... Well, he had it. I mean, you know, the Titanic was unbelievable. Right, and then Avatar was bigger than that. Right. I mean, he just, you know, that maybe that's the curse of being that successful. That you, just, you just can't keep you want doing more? it. Yeah.
Thank God we're not successful. Well, I mean, I think oh, you're pretty successful. On. I mean, <laughs> both of I drive you past, I drive past a billboard of you every day on yes. my way to work. We haven't so. seen one for a while. Our <laughs> guys are very successful. No, but can you imagine, though, having that, like, just ego, ego, ego? Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be uncomfortable to think that much about yourself. Right. And that's the dichotomy in reading the Matthew Perry book. I'm just keep going back to his memoir. Because I love it. It's just... He is such a baby narcissist, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he owns that. Yeah. If that makes any sense, he knows he's a baby narcissist and knows he needs to grow up. And, so, you know, mm-hmm. so there's that fight that right. just is always going on with him that just is, is yeah. not. What do you think about Casey Anthony? She's going to that. Do you think Peacock is doing a docuseries on the Casey Anthony um, story from, God, when was that? 2011. She was found not guilty of her mm-hmm. murder of her daughter, Kaylee Anthony. I, Why would she do this? I don't know. Because I mean, true crime documents seem to convict people well, I was in just some say, way or another. Why is she so dumb to want to do this? I'm I, sorry that I'm saying that out loud, but why? True. Is it just because you need to get it off your chest? Well, I mean, has she not seen the jinx? Right. It's like, or the other ones. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe famous. I don't know. That's just so. And people think maybe Peacock's exploiting her, but if she true docs are document, it, that's the bomb right now. Everyone wants to do that, and people mm-hmm. are obsessed with them. Mm-hmm. So she, of course, has a story. But I just wonder, like. I don't know if her parents ever talked to her again after that. Right. I mean, so and no her story's interesting. Her. It is. I mean, it's fascinating because it's so unbelievable. That's true. You know, I mean, it is fascinating. Like, I mean, I, I'll i admit that, yeah, it's when I'll probably, you know, pop you on will. the Roku. Oh, yeah. Right. But, um, <laughs> but by the same token, I mean, I'll freely admit I'll okay. probably watch it. Okay. But um, why would she do it? I mean, it's like, sweetie, you got away. Just go. Oh, I don't know what it is. It's attention-seeking. I guess. Yeah, all right. All right, and Netflix now is being accused for having too many serial killer <laughs> shows. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, but... watching but, a show on a serial killer I don't think gives anybody ideas. No, and I think that what sells, sells, and this has been a part of... If you want to go down this road, it's like, okay, Hollywood, okay, you know... Every single network streaming service Hollywood conglomerate is a uh, is uh, guilty of this. Whatever right. is popular, whatever sells, no matter what, if it's controversial, they're going to do it because they're going to make a buck when they need to make a buck. Right. And I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I mean, and you guys, you guys watch. I don't. Like, oh, yeah. I, I don't like oh. those things. Oh yeah, yeah. Would now, like, you know, give me more. Yeah. Well, the one that you guys told you told us about earlier called. Oh, the outcry. outcry! Yeah, yeah, sounds so good. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not. I mean, that's, that's not a, a true crime. No, it's well, different. It's, it's a different kind of a thing. Different kind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It has a different spin. I mean, it feels different. Right. Yes. Do you have you watched um, Selling Beverly Hills with Kyle Jenner's family, the Umanskis? I have not. I. Do you like I, any of those Selling Sunset or Selling? I get very uncomfortable. When you're trying to sell me something and you pull up in a $300,000 car <laughs> and you have about $15,000 worth of clothes on mm-hmm. before your bag, mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of like, really? What are you selling? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. So I've never, and I guess because, you know, I was in sales and, and I, you know, sell soap, 
I just have this kind of take on that. I don't know. I just too don't like showy, it. too great. Well, I love it. I like those shows because I like to look at the houses. Oh, love because, the houses. Because they're so outrageous. We'd never, you know, there's a few of them I'm in Minnesota, with but not like to that level. I just love looking at it. But yeah, that one's interesting. All right, so Hoping Holly brings us the story in the Dirt Alert that is um, extremely compelling. And we are going to just stay tuned because you're going to want to hear it. This is Lori and Julie on My Talk with special guest Patrick Richardson. And we'll be right back. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. All right, let's get to it, Holly. What kind of dirt do you have for us today? Oh, well, we're going to start off with a story concerning the Danny Masterson rape trial yes. and perhaps how Lisa Marie Presley ties into all of this. Yes. Now, the prosecution was saying that Lisa Marie Presley was told by the Church of Scientology, excuse me, to convince Danny Masterson's accusers to not report him to the police. Now, Lisa Marie Presley at one point in time was a Scientologist, and prosecutors claimed that she was asked by the church to keep the accuser quiet. Yeah, now years later, Lisa Marie Presley allegedly apologized to the victim for trying to silence her, that according to the prosecutors. Now, Danny Masterson's defense team tried to have Lisa Marie Presley banned from taking the witness stand, calling her testimony, if it was to happen, quote, irrelevant. Uh, But uh, prosecutors have ultimately decided to not call on Lisa Marie Presley to testify in this case. It's so wild to me because the case really... at the it's all about Scientology, but yet you can't talk about Scientology. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, Danny Masterson has pleaded not guilty to all of these charges, and they happened back between the years 2001 and 2003. So at that time, uh, Lisa Marie Presley was in Scientology, and the prosecution just ultimately have de- has decided not to uh, bring her to the stand, but this trial is ongoing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, I can see why the prosecution would have wanted Lisa of Marie course. Presley to come to the stand. But, you know, if, if we're going to take the case that this is a unofficial trial of the Church of Scientology, then they have to mm, probably do it intelligently in a way that's not so uh, blatant. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Yeah. I was kind of excited about it, actually. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I was kind of excited about seeing her. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's not going to happen. All, right. uh, All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
Steven Spielberg, in a new interview with the New York Times, his movie The Fablemans is coming out soon. It's semi-autobiographical about his teen years growing up. And one of the things that he said, he said, uh, streamers like HBO Max threw my best filmmaker friends under the bus. Oh, did he expand on that? Yes, he did. Okay. Now, the reason Steven Spielberg is saying this is because... HBO Max and other streaming services unceremoniously dumped high-profile new releases on streaming services and not in theaters. So, he's a little salty about it. Now, Steven Spielberg has been one of the filmmakers in the past to have some critical things to say about streaming services and the way that they do business. Hmm. So, Remember initially he was so upset that Netflix was going to be allowed to be in the Oscar race for that movie... The black and white movie, what was it called? Roma. Roma. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was so upset that the streamer would be included. And the streamers threw so much money at everybody for just plain development deals. And this tax thing that they've done, so they took all the movies that, you know, in this quarter, they decided not to release them. I don't know. Yeah, you know, and Steven Spielberg specifically referring to the fact, remember, last year, Warner Brothers decided to release their big movie projects on the same day on HBO Max as they did in movie theaters because we were at the height of the pandemic. Right. Things were a little iffy on how we could get folks to the theaters, but Steven Spielberg says that the pandemic created an opportunity for streaming platforms to raise their subscriptions and also throw some of my best filmmaker friends under the bus as their movies were unceremoniously not given theatrical releases. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is a big thing in Hollywood, and people... People, it comes up time and time again because the way that folks are going to get paid for their for their work is changing very quickly. Right. And people like Sydney Sweeney from The White Lotus and Euphoria, she's talked about this. She's like, hey, look, if you're mm, seasoned in Hollywood, you've had an opportunity to take advantage of some of these deals. But for somebody like me who's in their early 20s, I'm not getting residuals. And I'm not getting some of the back-end stuff that will allow me to actually keep my career going. So I don't know what I'm going to do about it. So Euphoria, while it's on a streaming service, you don't think if they made X amount of um, episodes that these people get residuals? I don't know how it's structured. Right. You know, and I don't have the the whole numbers in front of me. But folks are saying that, you know, this is this is concerning in the way that business is happening in Hollywood is changing really quickly. And so, you know, then the bottom line is, you know, folks need to get paid. And and the streaming services can completely take some a complete. I can't remember what they took off completely, so no one gets any royalties anymore ever. Right. Well, and that's Sesame Street or something like that. I, one of them. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Well, the thing, Julia. Well, if we're gonna get a little businessy here, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so HBO Max. You're right. There have been lots of titles in se- the past several months that HBO Max has said, you know what, we're gonna take these off of our streaming service, and one of the reasons that they do that is because. Because they can sell the rights to those shows and make more money on those shows than they would just leaving them on the streaming service. So they're looking at ways to maximize their dollar because Warner Brothers Discovery is kind of a hot mess right now. And so then that affects what you're able to see, what you're able to watch. Yeah. And then you're like, one day you're like, I'm going to go watch this. And then it's gone. And then you don't have a DVD copy of it. 
And it's just, it's in the ether. Bring back the DVDs. Oh, my goodness. With, with the commentary, please. I love it. Oh, the what? bonus track at the end. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you very much. All right. Uh, I need the read of the room. Okay. Are you interested in a Snoop Dogg biopic? Grant is thrilled. Oh, yeah. Lori will be thrilled. Yeah. I uh, Sure. Well, they did a horrible <laughs> job with Tupac. Let's see how they do with Snoop. I don't oh. Know. Remember did, that movie? No. Oh. Was that the movie with Johnny Depp when they were uh, talking about the murders of Tupac Shakur and the Notorious B.I.G.? No. Are you talking about that one? No. This was like a, a bio movie that came out maybe like 10 years ago, and it was played by All Eyes on Me. It was it was 2017, and I don't think Johnny Depp was in this one. No. This was All Eyes on Me, IMDb. It's... Yeah, it was not a good movie. Oh, so don't put your eyes on it. No, is what you're no. Saying. based on his album, Allies. Well, this movie is going to be the official Snoop Dogg biopic directed by Alan Hughes, who directed movies like Menace to Society and Dead Presidents. And this is being billed as a definitive biopic of Snoop Dogg. And so it's kind of going to be like, you know, the Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. the Rocket Man, yeah. a Snoop Dogg. Actually, that would be fun. I just want to see, and like I said earlier... I'm interested to see the debacle, the downfall, the whole Suge Knight, how how Death Row Records came to a fall and how that whole thing worked out. Because they've kind of touched on it on um, the Compton movie with Dr. Dre. They touched on a little bit in All Eyes on Me, but they never really gave us the full sp- like spectrum of it all. And I think Snoop, now that he owns Death Row, will release that story a little bit more, hopefully. That's, oh my goodness. That's my thought. All right. Well, this movie, we don't have a release date. We don't really know much else, but it will definitely be something that we're interested in watching. Another uh, hot topic of the day, I would like the room's opinion of, please. Okay. Jennifer Aniston's nipplekini on the cover of Allure. Mm-hmm. If I could wear one, I would. Well, you can. No, I can't. I mean, she looks amazing. Oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah, if you look like that, I mean, that'd be the most I'd wear. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love you, Patrick. (laughs) Yeah, you'd be going down to the grocery store, picking up some chicken salad in your nipplekini. You know. That's great. (laughs) This is Chanel. Yeah, it was the Chanel nipplekini uh-huh. that first graced the Chanel runway back in the mid-90s. Ava Herzegova, Stella Tennant, first wore the nipplekini. And Kim Kardashian in recent years she also. Did, yes. Yeah, she also wore that nipplekini. She wanted to remind us that she did, too. <laughs> well, I mean, I would be like, hey, look, if I wore the nipplekini and I looked that good in it, I would also like to remind folks yeah, I guess. that I looked uh-huh. good in the nipplekini. Well, Jennifer Aniston is getting pretty open, and she's getting honest about her life right now, and she just said, you know what? I look good. I want to remind myself at a certain point that you looked good when you were 53 years old because that's how old she is right now. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So you can go and check out Jennifer Aniston on the cover of December's issue of Allure magazine. I'm sure we probably have the nipplekini up on our website, mytalk1071.com. It is on Lori and Julia's show page, too, mm-hmm. if you want to go there and look at it. Oh, well, fantastic. Let's all look at nipples, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Happy hump Listen, day. <laughs> yeah. They're necessary. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Vintage Scandal. For Monday night in New York City, there was a celebration of life for a PR um, gentleman named Bobby Zaram. He died during COVID and they didn't have a celebration. So they had a big celebration with people there being like Elizabeth Montgomery was there. Michelle Lee was there from Not Slanting. Christy Turleton was there. But they all talked and celebrated Bobby's life. Bobby was a publicist back in the day. His clients included 
Dustin Hoffman, Cher, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He actually got that first documentary of Arnold Schwarzenegger's made. Um, Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, Michael Douglas, Michael Caine, Sophia Loren, and Margaret Ellen Alda, amongst many, many others. And he was a bigger-than-life guy, and he was a gentleman who um, kind of got the job by accident because he um, got hired at um, to do the accounting end at a publicity um, pu- agency in New York City back in the day and ended up, there was a movie coming out and he invited his friends who were writers to the movie premiere and they all ended up writing about it. So he created this new event style thing, inviting people into screenings that mm-hmm. hadn't been done before. And it wasn't just movie critics. And so he was responsible, for example, when Tommy the movie came out, he had a big thing outside the subway, you know, and found Mm -hmm. different ways to promote it. When Saturday Night Live was coming out, the movie Saturday Night Fever, I mean, with John Travolta, he found some stills at the agency. Again, he was in accounting and found some still pictures around and he kind of made it into a big event and got people talking about Saturday Night Fever, which was mm-hmm. supposed to just be a bomb. Right. And so he kind of started getting it in the newspapers and things like that. And so he turned into a full-time publicist. So he also created the PR campaign, I Love New York. And he recalls he was walking home from Elaine's, which was a very famous restaurant sure. in New York City, on a Saturday night in 1975, and realized that you could throw a quarter down 2nd Avenue. There wasn't a person or a cat that would stop it. He said, the city was in great despair. I decided someone had to do something. And that night he came up with the I Love New York um, slogan that is everywhere. And it's kind of what they're known. That he lobbied contacts in wow. every, from every segment of New York life wow. and ultimately came up with a $16 million of funding for the I Love New York campaign that saved the city. I saw my creativity come alive, blah, 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 blah. So what happened is he had... A horrible, horrible fight with Liz Smith, who was the gossip maven, who was on our show many, many times. Sure. And um, she was the gossip um, diva. I can't think of what her name is. I have so many sheets in front of me right now. I don't even know which one it is. But Liz Smith was, um, at one point, she um, had a syndicated column that ran in the New York Daily News, the New York Post, and um, was do millions of readers worldwide throughout. She had her big scoops where she lived in the same building as Ivanka Trump. Mm-hmm. And Ivanka Trump, she saw her one day is like, what's wrong? And she said, um, Donald didn't want me in. He didn't want me anymore and threw me aside. And she said, girl, get yourself a PR person who's responsible to defend yourself against him. And. He then started to hate her, but she kind of made the Trumps. And remember, Donald Trump kept getting all this publicity. Sure. And when he was having the big fight with the hotel gal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leona. Leona Hemsworth, Hemsley. Hemsley, who left all of her money to a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of gave the Trump, the Ivanka and um, Donald Trump publicity. She's kind of started right. them on the steamroll. So what happened is Bobby is this publicist. And he is like kind of going crazy because a lot of his um, his stories he found were a lot of his people were being ripped apart that he was doing publicity for under this name, a pseudonym of a syndicated column, another syndicated column 
Robin Adams Sloan, and they would take down all of his clients. And we're in the 80s, okay? And he's like, who the hell is Robert Adams Sloan? And so he finds out that that is Liz Smith. Wow. Writing undercover. Oh. And she was writing a separate column. So he goes on. He was just pissed, and he asked her to stop. And she's like, no, I'm not going to. And Liz Smith was balls to the walls. Mm-hmm. And she... She had a secret, though, at the time, and she was married twice. Not Mm -hmm, a secret, but she was married twice, Mm -hmm. and then she fell in love with this woman who was an archaeologist, and her name is Iris Love. And so this is in the 80s, and Liz Smith is writing about AIDS and trying to figure out why isn't anyone, why are you grinning? Because I see where this is headed. No, I can just hear it from where you're going, and I don't like it. Okay, so this is in the 80s, and Liz Smith is not... Not even sure kind of what she is yet because she's been married twice and then she falls in love with this woman. The Grand Dame of Dish, by the way. Thank you. I can't believe I didn't remember. And her book is sitting at home and I forgot to bring it into it. And she was on our show quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And one time we were doing our show from Sardi's in New York and there was so much traffic. She had to take a rickshaw or whatever, the pedicabs, Mm -hmm. to get to our show on time. Wow. I mean, she was wonderful. Yeah. And um, so anyway, she is not out, not sure what she is, Mm -hmm. and is writing about AIDS. Like, why isn't anyone paying attention? All of these men are dying. What do we need to do to get people to do it? And so she um, was writing about it, and then she was got a lot of shame from Michelangelo Signalori, Mm -hmm. who ran, who was a columnist in Out Week, right? which... um, uh, named and shamed closeted gay celebrities he saw as hypocrites in the midst of the deadly pandemic. Right. And they asked her about it afterwards, but I'm going to go back to Bobby Zarin finding out that Liz Smith is writing under a different name and slamming all of his clients. <laughs> so what he did is he responded by sending out hundreds of wedding announcements revealing Liz Smith's recent marriage to Iris Love, her partner, effectively outing Liz Smith as gay. Liz Smith was irate. And by... Rightfully so. Right. And she didn't have malice when she despaired his client. She just wrote under a different name. Mm -hmm. The gossip was everything. I mean, remember, gossip was king. It made these publications. Oh, yeah. And she worked for the Murdoch, you know, for Fox Forever, because they own the Post and the Daily Mail. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she, to the best of her knowledge, said that Iris Love never knew, because this happened in the mid-'80s, ever knew that she was outed in these... um, you know, these marriage announcements. Mm-hmm. And Bobby denied responsibility for the prank at the time, but would admit to conceiving of the announcements with pride decades later. Wow. And anywho, this, they had a 35-year feud. I can imagine. Bobby yeah. and Liz Smith. Oh, and Liz man. Smith kind of said, you know, when she was asked, you know, um, this Mr. Signorli, S-I-G-N-O-R-I-L-E's column created an uproar because, and coined the term outing right. gay people sure. in 90s in a Time magazine cover story. And so um, she said, you know, they would ask her about it because she wrote her first, she had three books I think she wrote, but her Blonde Ambition was her 2000 book. And she didn't really come out in it. Or own it, and he and she was asked, you know, why haven't you come out? And this is now in the nineties, um, and she just kind of said, 
I was born in the South, you know, from a very Baptist family. I was married twice. She said her own family was sort of open-minded, but she just didn't know what to do with it, really, and really didn't know if she was bisexual or homosexual. You know, who cares, right? Exactly. 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 And so um, she just kind of said, I just didn't think about it. And she said all the crap of coming out, you know, honey, I didn't think I ever was in. Right. You know, and um, she died at 94 in 2017 and was private for years about her interest in women and is just um, that he did this, the balls to send out wedding invitations to this. I mean, she was so well known. But anyway, he um, he went on and people were celebrating his life. And he also did something to another gossip columnist, this Bobby um, Zaram, he um, there was another page six gossip columnist named Claudia Cohen, and their feud started when he was um, having lunch with Kurt Douglas, and she passed him a note and asked him if he would give it to Kurt Douglas, but he hid the note underneath his plate. She returned to the table after she had gone to the bathroom, and told him that if he if he didn't give the note to Douglas, she would ban him from page six. He ripped up the notes because they were he was done with Kurt. Yeah. Stuffed them in his mouth and pretended to swallow it. Zaram, you know, he had outs with other people, but she knew Kurt Douglas and just it was a personal note. Yeah, of course. So this guy, he had outs with Dustin Hoffman. Um, he had outs with a lot of other people, but he also helped a lot of people. But it's he just his celebration was just this week. So anyway. Interesting. I the outing thing. I mean, the one difference between outing her and outing in Out Magazine was, I mean, I know this, I know the outing half of this story. Yes. The difference was these people were hypocritical and were not helping with the AIDS crisis. Exactly. I mean, so it's kind of a different story. Right. Because you are not helping. I mean, she was helping with the AIDS she crisis. She was helping. So you're talking about the difference between the guy from Out Week who was Correct. outing people. Okay. Right. Because, you know, she had no. There was really no reason to out her. I mean, outing started as a political stunt because you had people speaking against AIDS and not helping while they were homosexual. Right. I mean, so it's not. It is a little different. It is a little. It's not quite even. I mean, it would be like me publicly saying, no, I don't want to work with somebody who has AIDS while I'm gay in the closet. I mean, it's not quite. I mean, what he did to her is not the same. Right. As the political stunt of outing. Yes, yes. But it's 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 fascinating. So anyway, I just thought we'd revisit that yeah. vintage scandal. Very interesting, mm-hmm. yes. And um, and she passed. I loved her. I loved her. I loved her. I loved her. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Good one. She was a fun guest. All right. Mm-hmm. So when we come back, we'll have the rest of the headlines. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this lovely hump day. Tonight, the big thing, if you have nothing to do... Um, the CMAs are on, they're on ABC, Channel 5, our station right here. And um, Reba McIntyre, Carrie Underwood, Miranda Lambert are going to be opening the show with a tribute to Loretta Lynn. And it's hosted by the football guys that Grant likes, yeah, Elway I mean, and someone else. Not right? Elway, you've got uh, Peyton Manning, <laughs> and then we've got, uh, who's the who's the country star that's on American Idol right now? Oh, uh, Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan, yeah, but yes. Peyton Manning and Luke Bryan have been doing a lot of things together lately, and they are funny. funny. They did the Manning cast during the football game on Monday night, they brought them in to kind yes. of promote it, yeah. and I watched them together. 
they can go back and forth a little bit. I think mm-hmm. they'll be fun tonight. I really do. So I'm, that that's on tonight. Yep. If you are watching that, um, The Crown dropped today, season five on Netflix. Um, a tribute tonight to Leslie Jordan on a oh. special episode of The Masked Singer. It marks his last appearance on the show as a guest panelist. Um, so that's going to be tonight. Um, what else is tonight? Oh, I know. Pickleball League starts tonight for me. <laughs> Shout out to Pickleball. Shout out to Pickleball. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Um, other things that are happening. I can't think of anything else that's on tonight that people need to know about. Oh, oh, wait. And maybe there is more. The Handmaid's Tale season finale. Did you ever watch that? I did not. It, 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 I don't know. I couldn't. I just couldn't get myself to do it. Oh, my God. It was so good. I remember just during COVID, I got into it, and mm-hmm. I just said, click, next, next, next. But then I stopped at season four. But this is the season five finale. People love, love, love that. And then um, other things that are on, that's it. That's all I'm going to tell you about. Oh, you can stream if you missed out on the Savage Fenty show. Mm-hmm. You can stream it tonight oh. on, on Prime Video. <laughs> if you need something to do. Yeah, I need to watch a little Savage Fenty. Watch a little Savage Fenty. Okay, now are you obsessed with any restaurants or anything in the Twin Cities right now? Is there any food that is your go-to? What's your go-to place? Um, gosh, we go... It's funny, we have two. Okay. We love El Burrito Mercado in District Del Sol oh, in St. Paul. Yes. We go there... What do you eat there? What um, do you have? We both have fajitas. I think that we could eat fajitas every night I could of too. the week. I mean, we love them. And then... um. We love Thai, and for Thai, we go to Mr. Noodle, which is really not Thai, it's noodles, Okay, but we also go to Thai Pepper in West St. Paul, and I think there's a few Thai Peppers, but okay. we go to the one in West St. Paul. I mean, What do you get? What do you want? Um, I always get Pad Thai, Okay, and Ross is adventurous. He'll try different things, Okay, but I love Pad Thai, and that's the other thing I could eat probably. I love Pad Thai. Oh, it's so good. I love Pad Thai, but I love El Burrito Mercado, and thank you for reminding yeah, me of oh, it. Yeah, delicious. They have so much. They have so much good food there, and then you can buy also do the shopping right, the and everything. Market, it's amazing. I forget about El Burrito. Well, I mean, that's you know, a good. That's a good one, Grant. Do you have a restaurant you're obsessed with? Because I'm a chicken wing gal. I mean, like. When it comes to, there's El Norteño from when Mexican food, I love El Norteño. Where's that? It's right off of Lake Street, um, just past Longfellow Grill, if you head down a few blocks, but it's a mainstay okay. there. It's been there for a long time. It's run by two sisters and a mother, and they're, they are there every night, except for the one night they're closed, obviously, and it's really authentic, really fun. It's not like a, it's just a really intimate atmosphere but it's just uh, i don't want to say hole in the wall because it's an awesome place but the the family aspect of the mom say the name it again el norteño okay and i just adore their food good mexican food right in town right off of lake street delish yeah oh my gosh Mm -hmm. and i go um if anyone knows any great wing places send me an email oh there was one here you guys so what is wrong with me i don't like it when they have the extra part I don't mm. like when they make a left hand, a sharp oh, 90 degree mm-hmm. angle. Jeff wants those. And I'm like, I am. Um, no. I just want it to be in the one size. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to take the turn. <laughs> yeah. Lone Spur used to have those wings that you reference, And it's a place in Hopkins that is going to be going away soon. And I know a few of my talk listeners are big fans of it. They used to have the turn wings. And even with the turn. 
people. They were good. I know. They What's wrong with me? That's all nothing. Let me see here. I know there's one in town that one of our colleagues least recently promoted. Let me look it up here. Okay, because I know that there's a place in Anoka that Jason always goes to, which I know the name of it. It starts with an S, but I, for some reason, can't remember. Mm-hmm. But I just, I could eat them every day. Isn't that funny? I mean, there's just those things, though, that you just... And ice cream. Ben & Jerry's Cherry Garcia. Mm. I could eat it every day. And I think I do. Well, I mean, you know. And you like what you like. That, and Well, and the thing <laughs> is, is why why not just love what you love? I mean, there's, you know, I'm always open to trying new things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll try anything. Mm-hmm. Well, almost anything. I won't eat rabbit. Short of that, I'll try anything. But Interesting. I love bunnies. Um, I just won't eat rabbit. Anything else, I'm fine. Cat is off the menu completely. Yeah, no, it's it's just not even open for discussion. <laughs> no one serves it. I'm just teasing. Well, yeah. they do. There's, oh, do they? Yeah, well, there's a couple places around who have it. Yeah, I just can't. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I'll try anything. But then still, why not just go back to... To what you love. To what you love. Because it just, you know, it makes you happy. I, I It's silly. Yeah. It's silly. Every night I'm like, okay, this last night, but I'm eating it again. I'm eating it yet one more time. Okay, so this it? place is called um, Just Winging It. Okay, where it's is it? It's in Egan, Just Winging okay. It. And uh, our guy over, Crisco, over at uh, KS95, yes. he texted me and told me, you got to go. The wings look amazing. Um, just Winging It, Doolittles. He's at Doolittles. Is, excuse me. Doolittles is just the perfect wing spot. It's, excuse me, not Just Winging It. That's just giving okay. the, that's yeah, the yeah, place. Yeah. But Doolittles in Egan yeah, has... Yeah, I know what that is. I've yes. heard it's really good, actually. Yeah, yeah, and the D spot always has great wings. Mm. They have... They have. Oh, gosh. Aren't we hungry? We are always hungry. If anyone really wanted publicity, you would just come bring us stuff at 5. Definitely. <laughs> so box of wings just shows just up. Just 5.31. Yeah. I know they do it for Clean and Bradley Cheap oh. Friday. They always get food. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. It's a little something. Oh, you know what I watched last night, too? The um, Young Joni's episode um, on um, Chef Table Pizza. You know, oh. Young Joni. Yeah, right, of course. Yeah, Amy. What's her name? Amy. Um, mm. Amy at no. No, I'm going to butcher it, so I'm not going to say it. But anyway, it's a great episode. Oh, okay. It's a great episode. And talks about her story. Oh, interesting. Amy yeah, Poon. Amy. Yeah, it's really. It was really good. P o o n. Amy yes. Poon. It was really good. <laughs> and you know she makes all those dynamite pizzas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. So that was kind of fun. That's all I got, people. We're gonna. Yeah, I don't know. I want to go watch Outcry. Oh, I'm going. That's that's. Yeah. I want to get oregano home. pills. Right. I want to get um, wings. I want fajitas. I want pad thai. I know. Mm. I mean, we should just get all of that. And I have to go play pickleball. So pickleball. Well, you know, after yeah. pickleball. Well, probably not. It's no. probably too late then it's to have too wings. Late. It, no. But tomorrow. Oh, no. Is oh, it no. not? She'll it play. It is never too late for me to eat. Oh, okay. Yes. For wings? I, okay. Anything. Enough. I wish I had like a... My eating calendar starts like in the afternoon. What's me too? What's your latest mid McDonald's ice cream run? Latest. Oh, I haven't done it for a while, Grant. Okay. Jeff picks me up ice cream all the time. That's why you know it. I know it. I should. I. I almost went there a couple days ago, and I'm like, nope. He'll do it for me. All right, peeps. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're gonna do this again tomorrow. No, I can't wait. We'll be right back tomorrow. Done. Off you go. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops. 
leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today.